<laughs> you looked at me. <laughs> After everyone take. Do it. What's up, revelers and weirdos, and welcome to a fine new episode of Scaring Sam. We are your hosts. I'm Sam. And I'm James, and we are continuing our Kevin Williamson fun with 1998's The Faculty, directed by Robert Rodriguez. And what is The Faculty? The story is a teen movie take on Invasion of the Body Snatchers that borrows very liberally from The Thing. In terms of the body horror, a head walking around on tentacles at one point. <laughs> yeah. That's pure thing. And they literally take the famous blood test scene, I guess a teenage spin on it, with drug taking. Blood test? Yeah, when they... When did they do a blood test? When they tie all the survivors up and they take... In the thing. In the thing, they take a blood test. Oh. In this film, they do the drug test instead. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Literally plays out essentially the Very same. Similar. Yeah. Okay. And you have two people remaining, and they both take drugs at the same time, and then they flip out. One reveals themselves to be possessed by an alien. And in this case, it's spoilers. Both of them. Okay, that's a spoiler for later on, but... <laughs> at <Sorry>. a time... <laughs> at a time... Dahlia is revealed to be infested with parasites, which is a weird sentence to say. And clearly, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, depending on which version is you've seen. I haven't seen this. Any of them? I don't think so. There's a 50s version, which I haven't seen. You've got a 70s version, which is usually the quintessential version, mm. with Donald Sutherland. Well, seeing as that's sci-fi, we should probably watch that too. Because Sam likes sci-fi, not horror, sci-fi. <laughs> All Body Snatcher films, when they come out, are essentially social commentary on America at the time. So the first Body Snatchers film was about communism and the Red Scare. You couldn't trust your neighbours. They could have been communists under the radar. Right, okay. Possession films are, are the same to some regard. Just on a small scale, usually involving one person. Hmm. And it's a demon, not an alien. So why is a sci-fi horror okay with me and not something like that then? Well, we can put it to the test because there are far more creepier sci-fi horrors. Okay. One called The Fourth Kind, which is kind of found footage one, which is about alien abduction. I think that's kind of creepy. I need Challenge to watch it again. accepted. Alien? That's a, that's a sci-fi horror. It's a haunted house set in space. That's basically what the premise was. Which I have on DVD. We didn't find scary. No. Even the jump scares in it. Oh, that's see, that's really strange, isn't it? Probably need to watch it again, though. Maybe it was a while ago that I saw it. Uh, you haven't seen Event Horizon, have you? No, don't think so. That's pretty good. That's like a Lovecraftian horror set on a spaceship. How was that? <laughs> that was Harley. Harley! Getting back to my point of body snatching films, usually they're just about the fear of conformity, of losing one's individuality, of losing one's own identity. Mm, okay. And I think Kevin Williamson used the school setting effectively as a means of portraying peer pressure. 
the team brigade that we follow, they're all individuals. And it's all the fear of losing themselves to this alien invasion, which kind of gets muddled in the epilogue at the end, when you see the circumstances of how they change at the end. It kind of contradicts that, you could say. Because they're all individuals in the film. Yeah. And then they essentially change who they are right at the end, which makes no sense. Kind yeah. of muddles the message he was, they were trying to say. It's like the um, goth girl. Yeah, Stokely, whatever her name is. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, if you want to wear black, you wear black. I mean, a lot of my clothing is black. She, out of all the other teenage characters, was the one truly being herself throughout. Yeah. And to the point that it made her an outcast. Yeah. If she was pretending to be someone she weren't, she wouldn't have stuck to that look which separated her from the rest of her class. It makes no sense. Dress how you want to dress. But then right at the end they change that. Yeah, and she's wearing colourful attire because she now has a boyfriend. Like the rest of this film, it's kind of messy. In my mind, not as well-structured as Scream. Mm-hmm. Okay. When it comes to these body snatchers, it kind of reminds me of when someone is possessed by a demon or turned into a vampire in the Buffy series. They always transform into this cocky, overconfident, horny dog <laughs> that usually involves a queer eye makeover. Because that's what happens in this film, right? Yeah, yeah. Even the teachers, the second they get taken over by this alien parasite, except for the coach, I guess, they completely change their appearance. Mm. Mrs. Olsen, one of the older teachers, one of the first possessed. Yeah. Second she comes in the next day, she's had her hair done, she's wearing makeup, mm-hmm. she's showing a little bit more flesh. And then you've got Miss Boone, who is this very timid, frigid, uptight, kind of virginal teacher. And then she gets taken over and she becomes all sexed up. It's like, it's just over the top though, isn't it? The way that they've portrayed her. Oh, yeah, we'll get back to that, definitely. (laughs) Well, one of the reasons why this film is messy, because they're having their cake and eat it. You've got the possessed demonstrating this side of them, but then they also have Possession 101. They stare in a creepy manner, move robotically, but with purpose, wait outside their victim's windows in the middle of the night, acting creepy. Oh, don't forget the... um... (laughs) The random zooming in of the camera. Yeah, that scene with Mrs. Olsen, you got Elijah Woods Casey, who's already getting suspicious, and he looks outside the window and he sees the coach, played by the T-1000, standing there with water streaming over him. She's asking his name, going, Casey, Casey, and then, for no reason, just crash zoom on her. Mm. Why? She was already staring at him. And her face doesn't change, it just stays the same. It's just a really odd edit, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't contribute anything to the scene, it doesn't up the creepiness. It just begs the question, why did they do that? <laughs> you can't show these contradicting characteristics in the possessed. Because usually in these body snatcher films, again, it's that whole taking away someone's individuality, their personality, so they become... These stoic drones. Mm. They show aspects of that in this film, in numerous scenes, where they're just walking around, staring off at people, and then they have them sexed up and showing all this personality and all this overconfidence and cockiness in other scenes. 
Later on, the Queen Alien, once they reveal themselves, they say they want a world without anger, fear or attitude. Yet, the possessed demonstrate two of those traits all the time. Hmm. The first teacher taken over, the T-100, turns into a complete sex pest straight away, which contradicts what this queen alien wants. So again... Wait, what? The coach. Oh. At the start, before the title sequence, he's hunting down the principal. You're pretty. But he's not... Oh, I can't remember what he says. What does he say? I I can't remember. Do you know something that I did write down, actually that a few of them said after they'd been turned and they did something. I always wanted to do that. It's like they lose their inhibitions mm. when they're taken over. And then in other scenes, they're just walking around like they're being commanded, like a drone. Yeah. So it doesn't work. There's not proper continuity. It's like they don't mm. know how to portray the body snatched. Let's... Hi... There's lots of, like, stereotypes in um, the students, isn't there? Yes, the main characters that we follow throughout the film. Yeah, naturally, you've got the jock, Stan. Mm -hmm. And even though he's on the poster to give the illusion of diversity, you have a spare jock played by Usher, who isn't part (laughs) of the gang. So random. The whole team brigade is white as fuck. You've got goth outcast, Stokely. Bitchy future prom queen, Delilah. Mm-hmm. New girl, Mary Beth. Geek Casey, played by Elijah Wood. And Rebel Zeke, played by Josh Hartnett. The only stereotype missing is the slut. Which is actually quite refreshing. Oh. You think about it. Yeah. I guess because so many of the teachers show that characteristic, you don't need it in mm. the teenagers. Yeah, I guess it'd be slut overload otherwise. Well, you don't really see that much. No, but it's like the things that Miss Boone says. After she's been... um... Yeah, taken over. Speaking of Zeke, he's meant to be this rebel, right? He drives this obnoxious muscle car, he has to retake senior year, and he sells drugs to his fellow students, but really? He's a psychopath. Which Josh Hartner isn't really convincing in this role because he still has that shit haircut from Halloween H2O. Yeah, it's not the best haircut. Is it? Was that a haircut in the 90s or did someone well, just... Well, it's almost like he's had a hat on and they kind of trimmed round it and he's got these like little flicks that have come up but the rest of it's just sitting there. He literally has the same haircut in Halloween H2O. Mm. It's like someone in makeup department doing like Josh Hartner or something. It's not flattering, they is it? they filmed in the same year. They both came out in the same year. So I well, guess he went... he just had that haircut then. Well, by choice... It's not great. (laughs) When the science teacher, Professor Furlong, played by John Stewart, attacks them, nobody is 100% convinced yet their town is being overtaken by aliens. Casey is still trying to convince all these other characters at this point. Mm. But despite this, Zeke's first instinct is to defend himself by slicing off body parts and jamming a pen into his eye. (laughs) It's, yeah, it just all of a sudden gets really violent, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> he does. You work your way up to dismemberment. You don't go there straight mm. away. And it's only coincidence that they discover Zeke's drugs inside the pen kill the alien parasites. That wasn't intentional. He intentionally stabbed the guy in, in the eye. 
And also this is that influenced by the thing again. Professor Furlong's fingers wiggling around independently like slugs. It's funny. It's not disgusting. Yeah. Because it's terrible CGI. Yeah, all of it was a bit terrible, to be honest. At not one, not one point was I scared or disgusted. What age rating was this, actually? I think it's a 15. Huh. Although that moment where the T-100 basically shoots an alien parasite into Selma Hayek's ear and the blood shoots out, mm. that's kind of gross. But I think the camera cuts away. They don't linger on it. So they could have been a bit more generous with the gore. Yeah. <laughs> She's really chatty tonight. And then later there's that scene where Zeke feeds the alien parasite to his pet rat to find out what they're dealing with. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was a little bit... That's a little bit disturbing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he instantly breaks, it, breaks its neck and dissects the rat. Yeah, I'm just going to test it on my pet rat. Yeah, it's not. Was a... it a rat or was it a mouse? It was, I think it's just a white rat, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a big. It was a bigger white rat, but it's a pet rat, and he's like, "Oh, I'll just break his neck casually." And when they assume the principal is the queen alien, just because she's the principal, they have no evidence as to why they come to this conclusion. Yeah. Zeke shoots her in the head without hesitation. Oh no, their reasoning is because like she's in charge. Yeah, no, I'm saying just because. Just because she's the principal. <laughs> Just because she's the principal. And Zeke shoots her in the head. Yeah. This guy isn't heroic. Someone needs to keep an eye on him before he becomes a serial killer. And what is the deal with this passive-aggressive sexual tension he has with Miss Burke? You've been saying, Miss Boone. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, well, I'm correcting myself now. Miss Burke. <laughs> Sorry, people. At least I'm correcting myself in the episode. Not after the fact. Well, he's clearly attracted yeah, he, to her. Yeah, because he's like offering her condoms. Like, come on. Yeah, they're cherry flavoured. Release some tension. Obviously, she's not into it at wow. the time. Or maybe she is. Because she intentionally goes out there to where he's selling drugs out of his car. Yeah, she calls him rude. But when she is taken over and sexes up her appearance, she barks at him... I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass, you'll be sucking my toes till graduation. She says this in front of a crowd of students and doesn't get fired. Yet you can say, oh, most of the school is possessed by this point. Yeah, I was going to say they've all got um, slimy things in them. Well, look, at this point, you've got all these <laughs> students crowding around going like, ooh, damn, that's a badass comeback and all this shit. So it's not today's standards of schooling. In the 90s, teachers could say these things to their students. Or it's just a film. Maybe. <laughs> also, Zeke seems to get off on it later on when he knows she's possessed because she's attaching her head back to her body. <laughs> yeah. She flies out the um, car when he crashes it and her head somehow just Pops off. popped off. Yeah. <laughs> and then she grows tentacles. Sorry, at the end, I'm just jumping jumping forward a little bit. She is alive as a human. They're all alive. If you watch till the end... Apart from the principal. I don't know, because in the... Well, she disappeared, though. In the credits, you see the teachers, you see John Stewart's Professor Furlong with an eye patch and bandages around his fingers. 
So even mm. he survived. Going back to what's her name, um, Miss Burke. Burke. Miss Burke. She has like a scarf or something round her neck. I'm like, okay. Oh, did she? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So everyone survived. I guess the principal because. Well, no, I don't remember seeing her, but her body disappeared because they put so much of the um, drug on her. Oh, it melted, didn't it? Yeah, her body melted. But if everyone came back to life, Zeke is now a murderer. But getting back to Zeke and Miss Burke, he's flirting with her, even though he knows she's possessed. And she states she's now looking for those cherry-flavoured com-toms. Said that really weird. Cherry-flavoured com-toms. <laughs> I mean, he is doing it for a reason. He's trying to distract her whilst he's figuring out how to possibly kill her or at least get away from her even at the end of the film it suggested the pair are now involved with each other mm. i mean nothing's said but there's kind of like a lingering look between them and she's there watching him play football yeah american football not the good kind you could not get away with this in a film nowadays no way for fuck's sake you can fucking quiet all day. <laughs> Holly! Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're annoying James, Harley. Come in here and be quiet or go outside. So there is one scene in this film that is dedicated to the meta-commentary that ran through all of Scream regarding alien fiction in books and films and it feels forced. It's a blatant plot device used to convince the other characters to conclude... Aliens are taking over their skull. They come to the conclusion they're going to take over the world through the back door, beginning in Ohio. Which makes no sense because I'm guessing Ohio is one of those really dry states and these aliens thrive on water. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they come to England? <laughs> it's like those aliens in signs. Oh, they're going to take over a world that's... The majority of it is water. What's their greatest weakness? Water. The self-referential rules on the horror genre throughout Scream played an integral part throughout the plot of that film. Whereas in this film, it's just one scene they dedicate it. And it just feels like it's been shoehorned in. It is forced, isn't it? It's as if Kevin Williamson thought, well, they liked that in Scream. I've got to add it to this film somehow. And it's just a plot device. It's how you get the characters to go from thinking, well... Everyone's acting weird all of a sudden to thinking, oh, well, aliens must have taken over. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason it's there. And it doesn't work. It's very on the nose. Mm, okay, thank you for that. After they discover through that drug test... <laughs> what? It's just a bird. <laughs> after the gang discover that Delilah... Well... <laughs> I'm like, okay, but I'm not okay because I've got a numb bum and I'm really sleepy. <laughs> I can't help it now. <laughs> you looked at me. After everyone takes... <laughs> Just like Scream now... Both films have very solid third acts. 
After everyone takes a hit of Zeke's supply and giggle like they're huffing Joker gas, Delilah is revealed to be riddled with parasites, and then everyone suddenly sobers up as they do in these circumstances in films and TV because that's how drugs work. They come to the conclusion that Delilah is now heading to the big Friday night game. Would the alien invaders stop for this? If they're taking over the whole town, why keep up appearances? Because they need to take over the whole world. Right. So they're taking over people from the village or the town or whatever. The village? The village. <laughs> oh, you mean from like the rival teams? Yeah, and also like the parents, whoever's not at that school. So they're just like carriers of the plague and spreading it out to fellow Pretty towns. Much, yeah. Okay. But they still all show their personalities still, like when people score games and that. The coach is like, yeah, well done you. Because he's playing a character. Okay. If you're alien though, would you know how to keep up characters? That's the issue I have with this film. But it's a parasite, so it's still feeding from the brain, isn't it? So it just heightens their character, so... If you're a horny little sex pest behind the scenes, that's what comes out of you and stuff like that. If you've had murderous <laughs> intentions, that comes out okay. of you. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense now, okay. But it's also an excuse to have this wham-bam, firework-inducing third act. Mm. The survivors, the gang, have to find basically patient zero. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was trying not to laugh. At what? Because you're hitting yourself. Like, I'll do that in a minute. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can you do that, oh, please? <laughs> yeah, so the gang have to find the Queen Alien. <laughs> You're just ignoring Yeah, I'm me. ignoring you. <laughs> and like we said, they just assume it's the principal. So they go looking for her. It's not her. And then one by Kill one... Her anyway. Yeah, one by one, they slowly get picked off and slowly get taken over, which, as I was saying, in theory, none of these characters should be able to get taken over in the first place as they have drugs in their system, which they decide to overlook. It's as if, oh, once they discovered that Delilah was taken over by aliens, all the drugs just flushed out of their systems. Maybe they drank so much water that it flushed out? I don't know. I don't think there's any water left because all the aliens have taken it. Because these aliens are thirsty as fuck. Anyway, nice touch. The new girl, Mary Beth, is revealed to be the Queen Bee. Yeah, and she can grow nostril things. Nostril flaps. (laughs) And it's just by luck or by control that Delilah reveals she's riddled with alien parasites and she Mm. can flick Flick the end of the um, pen and all the drugs just fall out. Well, it's a good alien design. I'll give him that. She turns out to be this giant parasite. Octopus parasite. This big alien and it just produces these miniature versions of himself, these little parasites that shoots out. That, when you first see him, when Casey picks up on the football ground, kind of looks like a turd. He didn't know what it was. He could have just picked up a turd. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, what's that? It's a turd. Don't explain where they came from in the first place. It's not like a meteorite fell down or something. He just finds this weird turd pellet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Which if you just splash with water, turns into like a parasite thing. Which grows teeth. Which the science teacher thinks, oh, that's a good idea. I'm just going to put my finger in a water tank. Yeah, with all these little tendrils coming out. 
Okay. Yeah, you saw that. You're not going to get anywhere near it. No. And the excuse is in the film, I've got to feel like the skin quality of it, like it's changed. I've got to feel yeah. it up. Oh, yeah, because that's going to lead to something nasty. Oh, he got bit. Didn't see that coming. That's kind of the logic in this film. Can you hear that? <laughs> the life of having a needy cat. Cats shouldn't be needy. And she's only needy around you. Mm. She goes to sleep when I'm around. Sorry? Shh. Shh. Stop purring. Harley. James doesn't want you to purr. Even though that means you're happy, girl. <laughs> I was just going to say, it'd be really funny if she farted right now. Cats don't fart. <laughs> She's right in front of the microphone. The final survivors are Zeke and Casey. And in the end, Casey, the geek, pins the queen behind these folding... Benches in the gym yep. and stabs it in the eye with the drugs. Mm -hmm. And all the other parasites inside all the other people wither and die, fortunately. Yeah, because just before that, he gets lots of parasites going in his face. Yeah, and all that wiggling and ah, ah. Yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, he survives. Everyone survives. And then it's one month later and... Zeke, for some reason, is a jock now. Yeah, I found that really random. <laughs> he shows no interest in playing sports throughout the entire film, whereas Stan, who is currently a jock throughout the film, is constantly going on about dropping out and focusing on his studies, even though this is senior year and he's going to get a scholarship in university. It's kind of risky. Just focus on football and just study when you go to university. You're getting a free scholarship. But OK, anyway... Zeke is now a jock, and like we said before, he is apparently having an illegal relationship with his teacher now. And Stokey is no longer a goth, and she's now dating previous jock Stan. Fine. And Casey is dating the prom queen Delilah now. Yeah, which it, that actually kind of annoyed me a bit, because it wasn't realistic at all, apart from she probably is just... Wanting to be with him because he's famous. Yes, there's all these articles in all these worldwide successful magazines about him saving the world or possibly saving the world from an alien invasion. I mean, how did that news break? I don't know. How would that break? This raises a lot of questions. It does, yeah. For whatever reason, in the epilogue, they just have to reveal that all these characters have changed from their experience, like it's the Breakfast Club. Like it's a... John Hughes film but like we said before kind of contradicts the message of the film of conformity all these characters the main characters in the whole film these teenagers were the individuals who are fighting the conformity of the alien invasion and then just change who they are at the end film make your mind up what is the message I'm gonna take it from all your moaning that you didn't like this film there's a lot of contradictions in it which the more you watch it you can't overlook and it isn't as good as Scream. See, now I I preferred it to Scream just for the fact that it was sci-fi based. I mean, Scream was done very well, but I, I am a sci-fi girl. And maybe it's because you've seen all these slashers 
before and it's getting repetitive even when they're done well. It could be, yeah. Because it's the same formula. But with sci-fi, you can go in numerous directions. You don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves a cliche. Women fall over while being chased. Yes. Casey fell over more. Yeah, he was slipping around a lot. So maybe they turn that trope on its head and it's the geek who fell over a lot. Mm. Yes, the gang split up in the third act. Mm -hmm. Doesn't end well for them. Oh, 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 my favourite one. They don't turn on the lights. Yes. In Run the, around in the dark. In the prologue before the title sequence. The principal. Seriously. <laughs> maybe you can say that because she knows this building like the back of her hand she can move around in the dark no seriously like no one in their right mind is just gonna walk around in the dark it was literally just lit up by whatever street lights are outside and it's it's a public space and anyone could be in there mm. anyone but also she, like <laughs> a chair could be in the way she could trip up over it like oh it's just it's it's annoying that stereotype is annoying. Betrayed by one little sound? I think it happens quite a bit. Yes. Um, Casey and Delilah hide in, in, in the, cupboard, in the yeah. cupboard. Yep, the power walking killer. The mm. coach at the start, the T-1000. Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Who's the final girl? It's a boy. <laughs> the invincible killer? Yes, people's heads pop off. They can put them back on again. <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> Interesting. Slut, jock, nerd, virgin. Well, there's jocks, there's nerds, mm -hmm. there's virgins. The ones who show slutty traits are the teachers who are possessed by an alien parasite. Mm -hmm. The police arrive too late. There mm -hmm. is no police in this entire film, I don't think. Yes, there is. Is it? They go into the school... And then one of them follows oh, yeah. the um, principal in the office. There's a bit of a bang around. A bang around? <laughs> I mean, there might be. There's commotion. Yes, there was commotion in, in the office. Some people look over at the door. The other police officer doesn't bother looking over and just agrees with him when he comes out. Like, yes, there's nothing to see here. Yeah, again, make your mind up. What are the traits of being possessed by an alien parasite? Mm. Sex is a death sentence, so is drugs. No, in this film, drugs are the solution. <laughs> yeah. They are the weapon against the parasites. What's that trying to say? Drugs are good. So this film has a lot of cliches. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And I gave them a pass in Scream because it felt like it suited the narrative of that film. I'm not going to be as defensive in this regard with the faculty... Now it just feels kind of lazy. So I'm yeah. going to conclude that Kevin Williamson actually depends on the cliches. That's a strong statement. Yes, it is. <laughs> so that was The Faculty. And just to, um, just to wrap it up, it's got a 55% tomato meter and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's because the older the film is, the more reviews it's had by the critics and the fans, and that is going to inevitably diminish the rating. Mm. Whereas a newer film, obviously, hasn't had the time to accumulate all these reviews, and actually is going to get a higher score, unless it's universally 
hated. Or liked. Because all these new releases always seem to be like certified fresh if they're beloved by fans and critics. Mm. Like Spider-Man. That's justified. That's justified. Well, I did enjoy it. Mostly for the sci-fi-ness. The sci-fi-ness. Yeah. <laughs> the sci-fi aspect. Even though it's set in present day. But there's aliens. Yeah. Kind of. But it's not scary. Nope. Didn't scare Sam. Sam not scared. His jump scares are not strong in this film. No. They didn't jump at all. Although I didn't like it enough to watch it again. If you liked it, but you won't watch it again, would you recommend it to someone to watch? Yeah, if you like sci-fi. I think only until you have hindsight, you'll probably agree that these other body-snatching films are better. Mm. And hopefully you think The Thing is better. You really do hope, because that's one of your favourites. It's one of my all-time favourite films, and possibly my all-time favourite horror film. Okay, so we're definitely going to have to watch it. I'm saying episode 50. Okay. Well, you've been listening to Scaring Sam. I've been James. And I've always been Sam. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ScaringSamPod. <laughs> Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> and you can contact us at ScaringSamPod at gmail.com. Stay, Stay safe, safe out, out there tonight. tonight.